We're here starting your day right with Marketing Espresso, your marketing caffeine hit of the day. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. So grateful that you've chosen to listen to this podcast as I'm totally aware there are a lot out there. So I don't take it lightly that you've chosen this one. Now, if you haven't already, make sure you leave me a review, a rating. That's how this can get further and wider, which if you love this, I'm sure you want that for me too. But that's definitely what I want as I think, you know, let's help spread the love for marketing and less of the hate because I've heard a lot of hate this week. (laughs) So today it is obviously a Tuesday. So I have a very special guest for you today. She's a lot of fun. We talk a lot, Mel and I. So, you know, apologies. (laughs) I talk a lot with all my guests. I think that's a common theme here. We have a really great chat today and I'm really excited to dive into it. So without further ado, Mel Kettle is a food loving, book reading beach goer who lives on the Sunshine Coast. By day, she is a leadership communication consultant who has written two books, speaks at conferences and other events and facilitates workshops on self-leadership, communication and menopause at work. After surviving the debilitating effects of work-related loneliness, stress and burnout in her late 20s, Mel believes self-leadership is essential to creating real connection and sustained engagement. She loves her work, her husband and life in general. I am so excited to bring Mel to you today. Now, before we actually do get into today's episode, Mel has given me something a little bit exciting. As a giveaway, you can win a copy of her book, Fully Connected. All you have to do is write back to me and tell me your absolutely favorite thing from this episode and the main thing that you got from it. You can do that via my LinkedIn, Instagram, or however it is that you want to reach me, my website if you want. And then if you submit the best answer about how this episode has impacted you and added value to your business, then you, my friend, will win Mel's book, Fully Connected. So be sure to reach out, say hi, and please tell me because I love your feedback, but also more importantly, there's something in this for you. So you've got to be in it to win it. Reach out, tell me. If you have my number, you can even text me. So I would love to hear from you. Enjoy the episode. Mel, thank you so much for joining me today. It's so good to see you. It's been ages. It has been ages. It's been way too long. Now, for a little bit of backstory, Mel and I met in a, well, what would we call it? Like a writing club? Yeah. 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 Writing, coaching with Kelly yes. Irving, who yes. because who of Kelly her, I've written my second book. Yes. Which oh. you have now released and everyone can find that in the show notes. And I'm waving it around, watch the video and you'll see it. <laughs> Amazon bestseller, number one baby. Don't know how that happened, but I do. But. I do kind of like <laughs> that little gold label that you've got on there. Yeah. I, bought, I had them made. Oh, it says that's... Amazon number one bestseller. It's a sticker. Yeah, we... You got to spruik it. You got to spruik it. I love it. So today we've got you on to talk just about some stuff that is in the book that I think is super important because, I mean, it kind of talks to me from my career days. And that is why do leaders need to prioritize themselves? Because if you don't, you're a cranky cow and people hate you. <laughs> That's right. I'm so done. Stop being up. cranky. I love it. We're done here. <laughs> well, let, talking from my personal experience, when I had a big team, we I used to run the events for Microsoft and we had, had five people in my team. I was number six and we ran 300 events in a year. And so there was no time to look after yourself yeah, like because you, you were just off. running from event to event to event and it was full on. Mm. And so when I look back on that time, I think 
how am I, how did I survive that? Yeah. And how did I not end up with a pickled liver from all the wine that I used to drink (laughs) to help me cope? And so when I was sitting down to write this second book, I was thinking, what do I want to talk about? And I was working with a lot of communication teams. And one of the things I really noticed is that they were all exhausted. And because of that exhaustion, they were snappy with each other, not understanding their emotions or what they needed to be thinking, saying, doing, and how they needed to be behaving. And they were also making silly little mistakes and some of which were not little or silly. Some of them had the propensity to be huge. And I thought there needs to be more written and said about this challenge that we in marketing comms face. And so through my research of, you know, talking with the people I worked with and talking with other marketing comms leaders and senior execs in organizations, I realized that when we prioritize ourselves, we not only are we happier, but we're healthier, we're far more human, and we energize the people who we work with and who are around us. And when we bring that energy, we have more clear and better and more effective and more impactful communication. So we communicate with conviction and we get better results for the organization that we're working with. Yeah. I absolutely love everything you have just said. Like I just, I just bloody love it. Cause I know even in my own business at the times when I have stressed myself out and made myself so busy and said yes to so much that I actually couldn't physically deliver on. Of course I was miserable and you make mistakes. And you know, I see it with with friends now that overextend themselves or, you know, colleagues that overextend themselves and people that you have conversations with in businesses, as you said. You just, the minute that you you are like, you know, just completely under the pump and you, you just have no time and all you can focus on is getting through the next task, you're not doing anything well. And you're certainly not energizing those around you, are you? No, no, you're not. And one of the things that I found was really interesting in my research was the power of rest and the impact that having rest can have on your energy for the rest of the day or the week or the month. And Mm -hmm. I know when I worked in various jobs and when I first started working for myself, I worked seven days a week because I just wanted to do, or I felt like I had to do more, more, more. And it was when I took a break, either for a holiday or a weekend off, or even a two hour lunch break to go for a swim that was when I was far more productive. And I remember thinking, wow, that's powerful. And now I think about it and I think, okay, we have a rest built into our week and it's called the weekend. But how (laughs) many people actually take a weekend to rest? Mm. So many of us will either do work because that's what we're conditioned to these days, particularly with smartphones and email and access to the internet at home, which when I started my career, didn't have any of those things. But also how many of us just jam pack our weekends with catching up with people or doing jobs around the house or going places or yeah, training for triathlons (laughs) or doing other forms of full-on exercise or activity Mm. so that we don't have that time to take a physical break as well as an emotional and a mental break. Yeah, I love that. And also I think outside of that, it even comes back to your Mm. lunch break. I was just gonna say Exactly. How like I know for me the days you know actually I've realized and like totally you would have seen this in your research the days where I get stuck behind my desk all day and I don't take that break to go make lunch or you know just hang out with myself for half a second rather mm-hmm. than answering emails and doing all that 
I sometimes end up with a migraine. Oh, I'm not surprised. And I tell people, I'm like, oh, mm. I, they don't know what causes my migraines. I think it's hormonal. And then people are like, you're stressed, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and you haven't had enough water and yeah. you probably haven't had enough food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or- totally. And, you know, I, yeah, I couldn't second that enough. And I think, like, it comes back to that you turn into a grumpy bitch because, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you're not honouring the time that you... There's no, I always used to say this because like I used to get so mad at people when I was in corporate because people be like, oh, you're taking lunch. Oh, it's nice that you have time for lunch. And I was like, what do you mean have time for lunch? I'm like, I'm sorry. Do you, do you, firstly, do you own this business? Are you banking the money that it's banking? And like, at what point does your health come second to, to your career, really? Like, at the end of the yeah. day, you know, you get one health. You can change careers if someone doesn't want you to take your lunch break. Absolutely. And I've worked in teams where I used to insist that my staff took a lunch break. And they like, some of them would be, oh, I'm too busy. And I'm like, no, you're not. No one's too busy. No, you're not. You're not too busy. And if you are too busy, then we need to have a conversation about why you're not getting all of your work done in the time that is, you know, the nine to five, 8.30 to 5.30, whatever the hours were of the organisation, because that's a, that indicates a problem to me. 100%. And the problem, the problem is either I'm giving you too much or you don't understand what you're doing and so you're overwhelmed and so you're distracting yourself with busy work, which isn't actually getting any outcomes that we need, or you are wasting your time. Mm. And so any of those things are an issue and so let's have a conversation. And then they'd be like, oh, oh, oh. And I went, none of them are your fault. It's just something that we need to address. People always wanted to be a martyr too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started. But I was like that too. I was so, like that as well. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at this, but I used to work 7, 8. I'd get into the office at 7 a.m. My boss and I would have an, a little bit of a competition to see who could get there first. Mm-hmm. And I, I would think I was so good when I got in first. I was like, oh, oh yeah, same. A hard work. Same, same. But I would get in first because... Because of where I lived and because of where my office was, if I left home at 6.30, I'd be in the office by about 10 to 7. I'd be parking my car at about 10 to 7, 5 to 7. If I left home at 6.45, I'd be getting to work at 8 o'clock. Mm, yeah, and yeah. So I, I, I left saying, early yeah. to get to work early. But yeah. I still did not need to be there at 7 in the evening. No, and the other thing <laughs> I always said to my bosses in the end when I actually got quite good at, you know, the fact that I realised I wasn't productive or mm. helpful or even kind, let's be honest, if I worked days that was like seven till five, I would say to my bosses, help me with traffic and you're going to get better. You're going to get more from me. Yeah. Like if yeah. you give me that flexibility. And back in the day, what was flexibility? It meant that exactly. you were like, you know, and everyone in the office would talk in harsh tones about Beck's flexibility. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember my last day in one job, my last week in one job, I left work at six o'clock one evening and two of my staff said to me the next day, I noticed you left early yesterday. Are you feeling okay? Are you unwell? And I'm like, I'm not unwell. It's my last week. And I probably should have been leaving at four o'clock or five o'clock every day for the last however long because Mm -hmm. we're creating, I've helped perpetuate this myth that longer hours mean more work. Yeah. And And they do not. They do not. I had the conversation today with one of my girlfriends and she's actually, she's amazingly, she's actually trying out for the Olympics, right? So she runs her own business. Yeah, she's an, she's a powerhouse. She runs her own business and she's she's obviously training really bloody hard at the moment. And she's I said to her, I said, how are you, how are you juggling the work thing? Because like, you know, training for the Olympics is pretty epic. And most yeah. people don't have a job when they're doing that, let alone run their own business, right? She also has help in her business, which helps. 
But she said, she goes, I have never been more productive in my entire life because I have five hours a day of productive Mm. time and I use every second of it and I get more done in that five hours because I know I've only got five hours. She goes, I don't even know what procrastination is now. Yeah, my part-time staff when I worked in other organisations were always, they always got so much more done because they were very conscious of the fact that they only had four or five hours a day in the office or, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week because of their other commitments. And they wanted to use that time to the best of their capability. And that isn't to say they didn't have breaks because they did, but they were much more aware, I think, of the importance of a break. Yeah. And I, yeah, Mm. I think totally like once you, and once you come to terms with that, I remember when I was trailblazing by having my lunch, I remember like I actually ended up starting at two different workplaces, I started a run club at one because I was like, everyone yeah. come running with me at lunch. And then the next one, I started everyone walking at lunch. And yeah. suddenly everyone in the office was happier. Yeah. And there's so much research that shows when we get outside, when we get fresh air, when we do exercise, we get these endorphins that make us, that give us the dopamine hit that makes us happier. Some of the research that I read was even, we don't even need to be outside. We can just have green things in our offices and that lifts our energy. So the wall behind me is this sea greeny colour and that my energy shift when I painted it that colour was really noticeable. I don't have any plants in my office, but I do have a green bookcase and I have this wall and I feel like I should have probably put this wall colour in front of me as well as behind me. But there's just so much benefit of getting into nature or feeling like you're within nature and taking that break. And, you know, Steve Jobs used to go for a walk every day and he said that walk without anything plugged into his ears Mm. is what sparked ideas. And I know if I go for a walk and you might notice this when you go swimming as part of your triathlon training or cycling or running, if you don't have anything plugged in, your thoughts start to take on a life of their own and that's when ideas spark. And it's the same when you have a holiday. If you have a holiday and you don't take your laptop or do any work, it takes a good week to have a complete want to start feeling like you've wound down before you can start genuinely relaxing, at least from my experience. But I also find if I'm on holidays and I don't have the stimulation of TV or, or podcasts or email or social media, then that's when I'll get ideas that will benefit my personal life and my business. Yeah, I'm the same. So, I genuinely try not to listen to podcasts when I walk now. Same. Because I've, I've heard that same rate. Like, well, I've, I know from personal experience that like, yeah, I get those downloads, if you will, yeah. Yeah. when I'm not plugged in. Yeah. And yeah. also like I, I like spending time like in nature and hearing nature and hearing Toby and like, you know, just being part of the world that mm, you're in other than always mm. like having to zone out from it. And I, I also wonder what does it say about you if you always need that stimulation? Mm. I often wonder if those people who constantly walk with music or podcasts, particularly podcasts, if they are fearful of what their mind might say to them if they have time alone. Yeah. And look, this is something like we're going so off track here, but this is something with running. Mm. Now I used to always have to run with music, right? And I didn't realize how, why I was doing that until I went through a divorce. (laughs) And then I was like, and also with triathlon, you can't run with music. So because you're not allowed, you're not allowed headphones, right? So I started training without music because I was like, well, the music is, I use it to get energy. 
but I'm like, I have to create my own energy now. So then my thought patterns. So I come up with full mantras that I say now in my head to keep me focused, keep me on track and get me over the finish line. Because yeah, you're, you're, there, you're out there for two hours with your own thoughts. Oh, and for I love a lot that. of people, that's bloody scary. And let me tell yeah. you, when you're going through any kind of, you know, stress or trauma or whatever it is you're going through, you're sad. I tell you what, like I've had many a times where I would stop running and just start crying because I'd be like, I've mm. been suppressing this emotion and it's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and like people would probably look at you and be like, wow, her run's really painful, clearly. <laughs> but it's actually quite cathartic to get that yeah. out. Yeah. Anyway, I totally, um, I feel like, yeah, I'm sure that was very helpful for people to know that I run and cry. The other thing though, when it comes to having breaks and rest, I was reading Andre Agassi's book open recently. There were so many revelations in that book. I just loved it so much. If you haven't read it, highly recommend. I'm going to put that on my list. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. But he talks about how he was playing a match against John McEnroe. And John McEnroe was probably 15 years older than Agassi and had had a really long break from tennis and was coming back. And Agassi says how I just made the assumption that because I was a a lot younger and had been constantly training that I would wipe the court with him. Mm. He said, oh, my God, no, he beat me and he beat me very soundly. And he said, I, and it, it was mindset, but he also says in the book, I now see the power of rest because he had had a break and a really solid, like I think he'd had three months off. And so, or McEnroe had had three months off. And so he came back physically and mentally stronger. Yeah. And that yeah. was what made me go, we need more breaks. We need to encourage taking holidays and having weekends and taking lunch breaks and taking little breaks to rest your eyes and your mind during the course of the day. Because our brain and our eyes were not designed to spend eight hours solidly a day and the rest staring at a screen. Yeah. And how many times do you just finish a day and you're like, oh my God, my brain. Like I know for Uh, me, by the time I hit my mm, couch of a night, I'm dead. Genuinely, I can sometimes, sometimes it's a joke. Like people say to me, you can't even string a sentence together. Oh no, I'm the same. Yeah. 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 I'll often say to Sean, my husband, don't talk to me. I have no words left. Yeah, And he's like, I didn't hear you at all today. And I went, I don't care. Yeah, was, <laughs> I might not have been speaking a lot of words, but I've been thinking them. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. Like I remember um, with my, like my ex, he used to often say that he'd get home from work and be like, I actually, and I was obviously, I'm always been a talker. I'm an over talker. Like I don't shut up. So he would get home. He would be so mentally dead. And mm. I'd be like, why are you not talking to me? Why are you not talking to me? And like, like a bullet a gate. And he'd yeah. be like, I've been on the phone all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. And I'm like, and I think even just from like a couple point of view and a relationship point of view, thank you, Toby. You know, I think there is this great thing about like rest isn't just going to help you in your careers. It's going to help you in your relationships too, because yeah. you, you're going to have come mm-hmm. home from the day, not feeling like you're, you've given 150% that day because you don't, by the way, you don't need to. <laughs> no. No. In fact, the research shows, I think that you only need to give 70 to 80% in order to achieve your best. Because once you go over that, that's when you start risking making mistakes or doing the wrong thing. Yeah, I love that. So, okay. If you could give some quick tips as to how leaders can prioritize themselves, just so we can wrap up, what would they be? Listen to your body. And when it's telling you and sending you signals, take the relevant action. So I really like the feather 
the brick and the truck analogy. Um, a friend of mine, and so the feather is this little light tingly thing that something might be wrong. The brick is something a bit more serious and the truck is this full-on catastrophe. And I used the example of a friend of mine who had been having all of these symptoms of, you know, she'd been getting headaches, she'd been noticing that she'd been drinking more coffee and drinking more alcohol, and they were all signs that things in her world were starting to spiral a little bit out of control. But she just pushed through Mm. and then she broke her leg. And so that was the brick. The, Mm. The leg was the brick. and she broke her leg, but she was back working the day after she had surgery on her leg because she didn't believe that she could take time off or deserve time off. And so she pushed through, she pushed through, she pushed through, and then she got COVID, which was the truck. And she was incapable of doing anything for about two weeks. She said she couldn't even get up. And so that was the truck. And she said, I wonder whether if I had looked after myself when I broke my leg, whether I would have gotten COVID or whether I would have gotten it to the extent that it absolutely wiped me because she said her immune system was really heavily compromised because of, you know, not looking after herself and her, she was just phenomenally run down. So notice any warning signs and get them checked out. Yeah. And I think we, we just like, we assume the warning signs are just like, oh, whatever, like, oh yeah. whatever. It's just like, I haven't yeah. drunk enough water today. It's like, yeah, but why haven't you drunk enough water? That's it. Like, let's That's have a conversation it. about that. Like, yeah. yeah, just like, why haven't you eaten today? Like, these are basically- I don't, I don't understand people who skip meals because they forget. <laughs> who forgets about food? Okay, I live for food the whole day, all right? Even when I'm really busy, there is time for food. Yeah, yeah. but I think if you're noticing that you're working through lunch, you know, three, four, five times a week, or if you're not finishing work at a normal time, or if people are making comments about your mood, or, you know, if you're noticing things like an increasing caffeine intake, or not sleeping enough, or tossing and turning at night, or um, getting headaches, or getting stomach aches, or having things show up in ways that aren't right. Like when I was going through a really stressful phase, my hair started falling out. Mm. And thankfully not to a point of alopecia or something else, but I just noticed and I went, oh, that's a bit weird. Mm. But I was also, you know, in one job, I was so stressed. I was getting chest pains multiple times a day and I was in my 20s. Yeah, I had that in my 20s too. It wasn't until I went to the doctor for something else and he said to me, how are you? And I started to cry Mm. and he said, let's take your blood pressure. And then he looked at me and went, Oh, how are you even walking around? But it's so, scary that we let ourselves get to that point. I know. I, I know. That's really good advice, Mel. I think, and obviously, your book goes into this a lot deeper. Mm. And um, it is an Amazon bestseller. It is. I am so grateful that you've come on today and that we've been able to have this chat because I think for a lot of people, and even for me, you just triggered me a little bit because you said, oh, "Has your coffee sorry. intake gone up?" And I'm like, "I had two today. I never have two. I'm like, shit, am I on, am I? But to be fair, I actually noticed myself last week. I was like, I've let the house get trashed, which I never let happen. And to me, I was like, been noticing little things, didn't put my washing away. Never let that happen. So I was like, okay, Beck, something's slipping. So that's, you know, and then I spent the weekend, I just rested. So I was like, okay, cool. What am I, you know, I spent the whole day just chilling. And um, 
Yeah. This yeah. week I feel like back on track. I know I had a second coffee today, but I was up at 4.45 yesterday morning. So but the thing to ask yourself is, would will you have a second coffee tomorrow? And if you do, why? No, nah, probably not. Is it because you really want one or is it because you feel you need it to help you get through the day? I, I needed the sugar, which tells me that I haven't slept enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a yeah. whole other episode, Mel. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to put all your details in the show notes, but just really quickly, how can people find you? Oh, the easiest way is through my website, melkettle.com, but you'll also find me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of those places. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Beck. Thanks, <laughs> Beck.